Giants fans, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. It's been a little while. Uh, it's been a little over a month, I would say, roughly, actually almost a month and a half since I've my last podcast. Took a little bit of a break after the draft and draft review. Not a lot going on, um, you know, in the NFL world. Obviously, like, you know, voluntary mini camps happened and, and then actual mini camp happened. Uh, but, but nothing that I could really necessarily report on or, or talk about too much and let's be real too i was going through um you know some intense stuff with work here and just trying to get through that and here we are you know made it through doing good ready to you know start off kind of a kind of almost a second season here as as the season's approaching and excited to be here you know sorry for the delay you know i'm sure no one you know shed a tear <laughs> for the fact that I hadn't released any new episodes recently, but I'm back and hopefully here and out will be a little bit more consistent with uh, at least once a week. And then we'll see, we'll see how it goes from when the season actually gets here. Maybe we'll go back to two times a week. So this episode, you know, we'll do our normal, uh, we'll do a beer of the episode. I'm not really going to review this beer on untapped because this is a staple, you know, this is a beer that I've had, um, for a little while now, it's one of my favorite beers, probably. Um, and it's just a good beer. We'll get into a little bit of uh, current news, which once again, there really isn't a lot going on. You know, the schedule was released. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, mini camps and, and everything happened, and nothing really, you know, of of note. You know, no significant injuries, so it, it kind of worked out good. Um. I also want to do a top five players that I thought had a, had a really good chance at an NFL career with the Giants and didn't. <laughs> um, this is actually even going all the way back to, I believe, the 2002 draft. Yes, 2002 draft. We will end the episode with Eli Manning's first start in the 2005 NFL season. Wow, how did I not even talk about that? We'll have, obviously have to talk about Eli Manning, um, his number being retired, getting into the ring of honor, and then obviously joining the Giants in a role in, in the front office, which is pretty sweet. So let's get right to it. So beer of the episode is going to be Fiddlehead Brewing, and it is the Fiddlehead IPA, which to me is just it's a good beer good overall beer solid ipa um for the longest time i really couldn't find these anywhere around me um so just kind of had to take it when i could get it you'd, you'd see it at restaurants every once in a while um on tap and kind of had to jump on it ever since covid hit i feel like at least especially with this area you know beers started being distributed a little bit further which was awesome you know definitely made it a little bit easier for me to get some of the beers that i i really like and enjoy them. So, yeah, once again, I'm not really going to do a beer review. I'm just going to say cheers to you guys. Cheers to all the Giants fans. Cheers to all the NFL fans. Cheers to anyone listening. I really appreciate you. And, yeah, here we go. <sighs> Gotta love it. So, yeah, let's get into a little bit of the current news. Obviously, Eli Manning's joining the New York Giants organization, um, which is something kind of long, long time coming. I think 
Um, there had been rumors that he wanted to be a part of the organization for a while now. Obviously, I think it would have been cool if he was somehow involved with the coaching staff or something like that. But I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's something that he would ever actually have interest in doing. Um, but the fact that he's joining, uh, I don't remember his exact title. I know it's it's something to do um, with fan engagement as well. Uh, but that that's going to be a really cool role for him. And then throw in September 26th. They are retiring his jersey and inducting him into the Ring of Honor. So, you know, that might be a game. I think that's good at the Atlanta Falcons. I might have to try to make my way down there this year for that. Um, that's actually my birthday, too. So it kind of works out as uh, possibly a good time. Other news, you know, minicamp happened. Voluntary minicamp happened. You know, Kadarius Tony wasn't there for, for it or part of it. He wasn't there and he had some cleat issues in rookie minicamp. A lot of much to do about nothing, I guess, is really kind of how I would view it. He was there for the mandatory mini camp. You know, most of the people that were expected to be there were there. Really, the biggest thing I could say about any of the mini camp stuff is we made it out without any significant injuries. Nothing, you know, nothing earth shattering happened. Um, players were able to get out there and kind of learn a little bit. You know, Danny Dimes is working with. Um, all the receivers and, 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 you know, offensive linemen and just kind of a good overall showing, I think, for, for what we can hope. But once again, we came out with no injuries. That's first and, and foremost in my mind, uh, because there's been plenty of times when, you know, we have had injuries in these, you know, mini camps or uh, rookie mini camps. And it's, it's frustrating, you know, obviously training camps coming up and that's, you know, another spot where these things tend to happen. You kind of got to hope you make it out alive and, you know, come out and, and ready to roll for the regular season. Uh, my friend Bart actually asked me about what I thought was going to happen with Saquon. You know, is he going to be a full go? And, and is this something that, that, you know, maybe the Giants are a little leery to, you know, give him a long-term deal because of it. And, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be leery to, to the, to, to the idea of giving him a long-term deal, but it's going to be kind of weird because obviously the league isn't going to want to pay a running back, you know, a significant amount of money. And the times that it has happened recently has not worked out. So I think, I think he's going to have a lot going against him and that might make it a little tough for the giants. But I think if he comes through, you know, six, seven games into the season and looking good and, and looking healthy, I think they'll be really ready to just get that deal done keep him locked up as a giant for, for his career. You know, he'll be the next potential Eli Manning type of player, you know, who hopefully spends his whole career with the giants and, and retires with the giants. Albeit, you know, I guess it will t- kind of depend on this type of deal that he gets and how long the deal is because, you know, it's, it's tough to pay running back a lot of money. I do think there's a little bit of a shift going on right now where, where maybe not this season, but kind of in the future in the next couple of seasons that we might kind of get back to running the ball a little bit more, or maybe that's just what I want because it's such a pass happy league light right now. Uh, so I could be wrong on that, but, but yeah, you know, that's, that's the basics of stuff that's going on right now. Really nothing too crazy. The schedule was released. You know, we open up against Denver and that's a home game. I believe. Yeah, it's a home game. And that could be kind of interesting because it, there's rumors going on right now that Denver will be, on hard knocks 
and kind of just, you know, a little bit of a team that you're not really sure what's going to happen with, you know, is Drew Locke their starter, is someone else their starter, they have a lot of, you know, talent on that team. But for the Giants, I think it's kind of a good team to open up against. You know, it could be a, a team to kind of get some confidence rolling for us and, and hopefully come out with a win and, and kind of get the season going. The schedule we'll talk a little bit more about in the coming weeks. I think I have a couple episodes planned with uh, some people, Murph from uh, Clapback Sports and, and some other people, some friends to kind of do like a, a schedule prediction type of thing. I think that'll be a fun, fun idea. Um, that's all I really talk about for the schedule. I do have one other actual, actually a, uh, a Twitter question to answer as well, which we'll do that really quick right now. Um, Kyle Kish asks, what are your thoughts about Trey Lance and the 49ers trade to get him? Kyle, thanks for the question, man. You know, I do appreciate any questions that are asked and it doesn't even have to be giants. You know, I, I do like the league in general. Um, and it falls a blast to me. So I'll answer any questions I can. And, you know, I think the, 49ers gave up a lot to get him. It, it I, I had a feeling at the time that it was going to be Mac Jones, but I really was hoping it wasn't going to be um, because I think Trey Lance is definitely the better option. He's someone that you can build around. And let's be real, you know, what is what is Jimmy Garoppolo? What are your other options there? Are you in a win now mode or are you in a you know a rebuild mode? And you know, when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and you look at Trey Lance, I don't think you can say you're in a win mode, win now mode with Jimmy Garoppolo because he just hasn't proven to be able to stay healthy and he hasn't been able to, you know, prove to, to be reliable at all and in, in, in consistent with what he's doing. So I think Trey Lance, drafting Trey Lance, maybe puts him in a little bit more of, um, you know, looking ahead to the future, but it had to happen sooner or later, you know. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the answer. I thought it would have been kind of interesting to see him go back to New England and see if he can do something there, but it didn't happen. And that's my thoughts on that. So, I mean, I'd say overall, I think it's a good trade. I think they gave up a little bit too much, but sometimes you have to, you know, look at Eli Manning. I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be Eli Manning, but, you know, sometimes you have to, to bet the farm a little bit to get the guy you want. Giants fans. And NFL fans, what an exciting 2021 NFL draft it was. Did your team draft the players you wanted? Did your team make any spectacular moves or blunders? Like trading back like the Giants did? Amazing. Think you could do better? If you do, you'll get your chance on September 10th when Greats of the Gridiron is released on Steam for the PC. Grades of the Gridiron is a football simulation experience unlike any other where you need to outdraft, outdesign, outcoach other coaches from around the world if you want to win the coveted Gridiron Bowl and stake your claim to greatness. You're in total control of your team. You draft, you can scout, you can upgrade players and build a dynasty. Design every aspect of the offense, defense, and special teams plays. Determine how and when the plays will be called by the computer when your team matches up against other computers, or better yet, other coaches in an online league. Best thing yet, guys, you can do this with, with friends and you know maybe talk a little smack and, and lay the beat down. The game features single-player and multiplayer, online franchises, online draft, 
up to 15 default teams, 10 to 16 game seasons, including playoffs, and more stats than any analytics geek could want. I love stats. Stats are definitely my go-to. Sign up today and be ready for kickoff by wishlisting on Steam. Search Greats of the Gridiron or go to www.greatsofthegridiron.com. Tell them I sent you. Won't get you anything. But hey, what's it hurt? Uh, let's jump right into top five players I thought had a chance at a good NFL career. And there's really no particular order to this, I guess. Um, but the last one probably <laughs> hurts me the most because that was, yeah, it's one of the one of the ones that hurts me the most because I really had high hopes for this player. Um, but we'll start off with number one for me was Tim Carter. And we drafted him in the second round in the 2002 draft. Just kind of had it all, had speed. You know, he was coming out of, I, I want to say Auburn. Uh, I could be wrong on that, though. No, I think it's Auburn. And um, just someone that, you know, I, I thought would come in and, and, you know, take the top off the defense. I was pretty young at this time. So I think for me, maybe I was just more excited by the fact that it was a receiver. I don't know. Uh, but he was someone that I, I kind of gravitated towards a lot and, you know, really wanted to see him be successful with the Giants. And he just never was. You know, his rookie year, he played in five games. His uh, second year, he played in 12, but only started two. Third year, he played in five. You know, kind of a lot of injury stuff. And he just, nothing ever clicked with the Giants. Um, you know, his his best year, I guess you could say, was his second year with the Giants, where he had 26 receptions. And nothing ever worked. You know, he, he stayed with the Giants until 2006. Played for Cleveland for a year and then played for St. Louis Rams for a year, and that was it, down in the league. So, I, I mean, I guess he had he had kind of a successful NFL career in the fact that he was in the league until he was 30. But just, you know, a player that came in and, and had some hype, you know, and, and just really didn't do much. Never really lived up to any type of expectations. Had some injury his, history for sure. Um, just nothing ever really worked. Number two, and this one we're all going to be pretty familiar with at this point. Um, this one definitely hurt a, a little bit because I had high hopes for this player after his rookie year. I'm sure you can guess who it is just based off of that, I hope. Ryan Connolly. Someone that we drafted in the, I believe it was a fifth round. Yeah, fifth round out of Wisconsin. You know, came in his rookie year and really was, was letting it up in, in training camp, letting it up in preseason doing everything he could do to earn that starting role. And he finally gets it. And, you know, he, he starts in three games uh, his rookie year and, and has a couple of interceptions and, and just kind of does everything that he could do to, like, solidify, solidify that position for us and show some spark and show some life in our defense. And then he gets hurt and he's down for the year. Then it kind of gets into this weird, you know, regime change you know, is he going to make it? Everyone kind of assumes he's going to because, you know, the flashes that he showed. Um, but judges, staff just, I, I guess, didn't like him. You know, didn't like what, what they, they probably wanted him to be a little bit more versatile. And maybe he didn't come back from the injury quite as, um, you know, quite as clean as, as maybe we thought. I guess kind of the proof of the of everything, too, is, is, you know, he did get claimed by the Minnesota Vikings and, 
was there for for 14 games was active but you know he he his total stat line for the year was six tackles so they claimed him and and you know didn't really use him too much either so I guess maybe that's some proof that maybe something was still going on, but he was a player that I was super pumped for. You know, I was ready to buy this guy's jersey thinking that, you know, he's going to come back and be a stud for this defense and just didn't happen. You know, it kind of kind of just faded right away. And you could kind of feel it too. I'm, I'm trying to remember the linebacker's name that uh, was starting over him. Uh, can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, but, but I was like, why him? Man, he's terrible. You know, but hey, um, Obviously, it wasn't going to work with the Giants. Um, you know, it just wasn't going to work with what Patrick Graham wanted to run. Um, and probably, still, once again, kind of my guess is he probably just wasn't quite versatile enough for what they were looking for. And maybe not completely healthy either. So, yeah, Ryan Connolly was number two. Number three, Notre Dame cornerback. Um, you know, we're going back a little bit here, I believe, 2004. 14, I think he was drafted in the sixth round, Bennett Jackson. Someone that came in, you know, there was talk of him moving to safety. There was talk of him staying at corner. And, man, he, he was kind of a player. I think, you know, I've always kind of liked Notre Dame. So I was pretty pumped when we got him. And it just never worked out. You know, I, I believe he also had some injury is- issues, you know, his rookie year. And then kind of nothing ever really clicked. He was in in the league for a little bit. You know, he did try to play for the Jets and actually Baltimore um, recently. But I don't know if he actually has a chance to still play in the league. Um, But he was just a player that I was excited to have come in with the Giants. You know, it seemed like there was some promise when we drafted him. Um, I want to say he was a corner and we we were talking about him playing safety. So I think that's kind of what was going on. Just never worked, you know. had some some talent, I think, but never worked. So that was number three. Number four is Andre Williams, guy we drafted out of Boston College. Pretty pumped about him. We drafted him in uh, the fourth round. I believe it was the fourth round. I'll double check that. Um, yeah, fourth round. Okay. So this is a player that kind of came in right at the right time. You know, really needed someone to to be able to come in and, and play for us. Um, did get some some starts as rookie year two because of injury. This was in 2014. Um, he started seven games for us. He had 217 carries, ran for 721 yards with seven touchdowns. Um, you know, on, on paper, that's not a bad rookie year. Uh, you know, you see seven touchdowns. That's pretty pretty cool. Um, really, only one fumble, but he was slow, man. Like, he, I, if I remember right, when he came in, like he was kind of a bowling ball. You know, he'd kind of bounce off people and and just keep his feet and just keep going and keep going and keep going and never really did much after that. You know, even, even his 217 carries for 721 yards, it was actually only a 3.3 yards per carry average, which really actually isn't good. So, you know, on paper, the the numbers look decent, but they really aren't stuck around for a second year and, you know, never started again, but he had 88 carries his second year with us for 257 yards I think his biggest issue is he just really wasn't a receiving back. He wasn't a good pass blocker, if I remember correctly. Um, just a lot of little things for him that just didn't click. You know, I think he would have been – I still think he, he could have been like that good goal line back or, or, you know, third and short back if used properly. But 
it just never never really clicked for what we were looking for. That could be more of an issue with the scheme that we were running at the time. I don't know. You know, that's I believe that's getting right into like McAdoo territory and and stuff like that. Uh, McAdoo into into Shermer into 2017. Yeah, somewhere around there. Maybe Shermer was 2018 actually. Um, just a player that just never never panned out. I, I don't think he was fast enough. I don't think he was um, talented enough. Altogether, you know, he he couldn't put a full a full um, complement of tools together to make himself an asset to the team. You know, he he could do some things good, and and that was about it. So they're just not going to cut it in the NFL, especially today. You know, obviously this wasn't today, this year or anything, but um, 2014's not too far different. My last guy, this is probably the guy that that hurt the most for me. Um, this is going back to 04. Same draft as Eli Manning. Uh, this guy for me was a player other than Eli Manning in this draft class that I was super, super pumped about. Always kind of like safeties, you know, something I'll always kind of um, be intrigued by. You know, Xavier McKinney, Landon Collins, unfortunately. Um, love safeties. Safeties have, have such a I, – I know it seems like they're kind of under – I don't want to say underutilized, but underpaid and, and kind of – not looked at the same, but they can be so such a deadly weapon if used correctly. And it's so exciting to see uh, the Giants kind of trending in that direction right now. I love back, man, I couldn't tell you what year it was, but when they had like Stevie Brown and, and uh, you know, a couple other guys, they're, they're running that three safety set. Um, Antrell Roll, Stevie Brown, and I don't remember the other guy it was, but it was at Will Hill, maybe the, it was around Will Hill time. Um, but three safety sets can be dangerous. So Jabril Wilson drafted out of Tennessee in the fifth round came in his rookie year. He got hurt. He didn't do a lot for the giants. If I remember correctly, but he did have three interceptions for his rookie year. Not too bad. Actually, he had a pretty good year, three interceptions. He had five pass defense, a forced fumble, three sacks and 56 total tackles. So actually had a, he had a pretty good rookie year. His second season in 2005, he started 16 games, had two interceptions, had five pass defense, 114 tackles. So he really just kind of was was showing, you know, that he could be a player on this team and, and really help the team win. Third year, same thing, you know, 15 starts instead of 16. So he was out of game, two interceptions, uh, 10 pass defense. Had a good year, really good year that year. 103 tackles, uh, four QB hits, just a, just a good, good year. Unfortunately... 2007 comes along and he gets hurt. Things just weren't clicking. You know, he starts, he only started 13 games. He had four interceptions, uh, less tackles though, 92 tackles. Um, I, you know, I guess he still kind of had a decent year and it was, I guess a good enough year to where he actually left the team and was signed by Oakland. I believe I'll get into that in a second here. He had a, he had a pretty good offer from the Oakland Raiders to go there Started 15 games for him, had 134 tackles, left the next year, went to Miami, left one, you know, stayed one more year in the league, went to Cincinnati, and was done. That's his career. Um, he was someone that, you know, did last with the Giants for four or five years, one, two, three, four years. Um, had a seven-year career in the NFL, but someone that I really thought um, would stick with the Giants, kind of be a long-term long-term piece, and, and just a, man, a late draft steal there, really, too. Had a couple of good seasons with the Giants, but just never, 
stuck. You know, I don't know if it was something where, you know, defensive coordinator switching and just wasn't fitting what they wanted, or maybe he just wasn't playing as good. I don't, I don't know. You know, that, that seems like a while ago and I don't really remember exactly how he played at this point, but he was someone I always liked. All right, guys. Well, like I said, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast. I guess we're at about 20 minutes right now. We'll throw a couple different things in here too, Um, but that's okay. You know, I kind of really wanted to stick around 30 minutes for this podcast, keep it a little bit shorter, a little short, sweet, fun, kind of get into it a little bit. So yeah, let's get into the next little bit here, and that's going to be Eli Manning's start in the 2005 opening game and this is going to be at giant stadium 78,000 in attendance on september 11th 2005 so you know those are always you know the september 11th games always kind of have a different feel um just from you know 2001 so you always kind of got to love those those games a little bit and, and kind of appreciate those games obviously coughlin was a coach for the giants dennis green was a coach for the arizona cardinals I'm not going to tell you who won until the end, but, you know, we know who won. Giants get the ball. They get the first touchdown. Jeremy Shockey, 20-yard pass from Eli Manning. This is back when uh, Neil Rackers was still kicking in the league, too. Kicked the field goal for the Cardinals. Um, really, I, I guess I won't go, you know, score for score for score, but we get an interception return for from Carlos Stansby to go up 10-7. to um, oh, that's not right. Oh, geez. Carlos Dansby's playing for, um, playing for the Cardinals at this point. So he gets an interception return and the, and the Cardinals go up 10 to seven. Neil Rackers kicks another field goal, 13, seven going into half. So at that point, you're probably like, ugh, you know, typical Eli Manning start, not looking good. Uh, let's see what happens. So second half comes along and the fire is lit third quarter, three touchdowns, fourth quarter, two touchdowns for the giants. So Brandon Jacobs scores a five yard touchdown run. Tiki Barber scores a 21 yard touchdown run. Larry Fitzgerald gets a one yard touchdown pass from Kurt Warner. And you know, he was playing for the giants a year before. So it's kind of ironic. Willie Ponder gets a 95 yard kick return. Plaxico Burris gets a 13 yard touchdown pass from Eli and yeah, and then we actually have a punt return after that by Chad Morton. Wow. So Giants end up winning this game 42-19. to What a free agency class for, for this year as well. When you kind of go back and look at it for 05, Giants signed Antonio Pierce from the Redskins to a six-year deal. Um, numbers are kind of different from what they used to be or what they are now. Uh, we also signed Kareem McKenzie, Jay Feely, um, you know, obviously Plaxico, Huge signing at that point. We did lose a few players. I would say nothing too crazy, though. You know, we lost Kurt Warner, Marcellus Rivers, uh, Regan Upshaw, Wes Mallard. Nothing nothing too crazy, I think, at that point. Steve Christie, um, Jesse Palmer re-signed with the Giants. Nick Greeson re-signed. But really, you look at the, those big three. Antonio Pierce, Kareem McKenzie, and Plaxico Burris, and maybe even, even you consider the big four with Jay Feely as well, because he had some important roles in the teams moving forward. Um, this was a sneaky, sneaky good class uh, for 05 for the free agency signings. 
obviously Plax is, is the big one. Um, then I'd probably say Kareem McKenzie, then Antonio Pierce, um, and then Jay Feely. Definitely, definitely some really good signings though. But getting back to the game, you know, Kurt Warner for the Cardinals was 27 of 46 for 264 yards, one passing touchdown, one interception, was sacked three times. Josh McCown actually came into it, looks like, and he threw the ball uh, 10 times, five of them were completed, threw an interception as well. As far as the running game, it really was not um, existent. You know, Marcel Ship ran seven times, J.J. Arrington ran eight, James Jackson ran once. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald had a good game, 13 catches for 155 yards, but not much else going on. You know, Anquan was there, he had four for 62. Uh, Brian Johnson really did nothing. Charles Lee, a name I, I vaguely remember. Eli Manning, you know, kind of going through the stats, you know, he threw a pick, uh, which was returned. But a dominating win for the Giants, you know. Uh, they won the game 42-19, to but you look at his stat line and you're kind of like, oh, wow. You know, he really wasn't that good. Yeah, it was 10 for 23 for 172 yards. With one touch, sorry, two touchdowns and two interceptions, sacked three times. Not not really a pretty game, but I guess you really shouldn't complain too much considering we won. And you know it's kind of a dominating game. I feel like this was back when the Cardinals just weren't that good either, though. Tiki ran the ball for 13 times for 62 yards with a touchdown. Brandon Jacobs six for 39 with a touchdown. Uh, Derek Ward had four for 23. Plaques. Had five receptions for 76 yards. Jeremy Shockey, two for 29. Not much else to to note at that point. Tim Carter had a catch for seven yards. Amani didn't do much. He was targeted four times. Tyree, same thing, targeted twice, but really didn't do much. Defensively, Carlos Emmons actually had, or sorry, Carlos Dansby had two picks for the Cardinals, but really not much else to speak of. A couple sacks, Orlando Huff, Bertrand Berry, for the Giants, Jabril Wilson had a pick for 17 yards, returned, and he had one pass defense. He had four tackles, solo tackles. Not much else going on, though. Strahan, sack and a half. Antonio Pierce combined for a sack. Um, that's about it, though, guys. Really, really nothing too exciting. You know, I want to be able to, you know, talk about these games a little bit more from memory, um, but. You know, we get back this far for me. This was, you know, 05. I just graduated high school, you know, <laughs> uh, or actually maybe this is the year I'm going to graduate in high school, graduate high school. So a lot going on in my life. You know, I, I do remember watching these games, but man, I just don't remember a lot about them. As we kind of get through this a little bit further, I think it'll be a little bit more fun because I'll, I'll be able to kind of remember some plays and remember stuff about Eli that, um, that really stick out to me. Guys, that's all I have for this episode. I appreciate you joining me. Um, you know, we should be back to a little bit more of a normal schedule going forward here. And, you know, hopefully we'll be getting more back into that, you know, once a week. Um, once training camp comes, maybe twice or at least once the season starts, we'll, we'll, we'll start doing twice a week. Guys, I appreciate you joining me once again. Thanks for being patient with me. And for the moment... Let's freaking go.